0: We have been noticing pockets of divine activity in our church as it relates to open doors. There's a prophetic principle that God commands leaders to do in the scripture. In the book of Zechariah chapter 10, he said, ask for blessing in the time of blessing. Meaning when you notice certain pockets of blessing breaking out amongst the people you put pressure on that blessing to visit the whole. And what I'm praying is, is that we have so many open doors and blessings in this church that we can't preach or have worship. We have to dedicate one service just to letting you testify about the goodness of God and all of the things he's doing in your life. So right now, Father, we lift up our hands and we ask for blessing in the time of blessing. Your word in Zechariah 10 tells us to do it. Everyone say, I receive the blessing of the Lord in my life. I receive the blessing of the Lord in my finances. I receive the blessing of the Lord in my relationships. I receive the blessing of the Lord on my children. My children will be protected this year. They will learn this year. They will increase this year. They will walk with angels in safety this year. In the name of Jesus Christ, Give God a healthy praise right there. That's a good declaration. I am blessed. My finances are blessed. My relationships are blessed. My children are blessed. My children are protected. They'll walk in safety this year. In the name of Jesus, we declare it. We ask for blessing in the time of blessing. Shout, bless me. Seven open doors in the scripture. Number one, the door of the ark. Speaking of Noah's ark. God decided to judge humanity because of the pervasive wickedness that existed in the days of Noah. God comes to Noah and he tells him to build a way of escape to build an ark of salvation, something that will preserve the animals in the earth and Noah and his family. But then after the Lord tells Noah to build it for himself and for his family, God tells Noah to preach and let anybody that was interested in being saved, let them get on the ark. It was an open invitation for anybody to come and join him on the ark so he builds the ark and he starts preaching and all while he is building and all while he is preaching everyone is mocking what he's doing Saying it ain't rained that much ever in the earth. You're doing something that makes no sense. You're doing something that has no purpose. And they laughed him to scorn. He said, there's a day coming when the floodwaters are going to rise. And everyone that's not on board this ark is going to perish. And they laughed him to scorn. So in the scripture, in Genesis 7, 16, when Noah and his family and the animals got on the ark, Genesis 7, 16 says that the Lord shut him in or the Lord closed the door. Everybody say the Lord closed the door. You ain't with me yet. The Lord closed the door. When God closed the door of the ark, it was closed for preservation. Because once the flood started, all of those people that Noah had been trying to convince to get on the ark, once the flood water started to rise, they started trying to beat the door down of that ark. And so God closed the door to keep people who had impure motives from being able to get in after the trouble started. And I have an announcement to you. You need to let God shut some doors in your life because people with illegitimate motives will try to come climb aboard your blessing when the water starts to rise in their life and if you let the outside in you will pollute and you will contaminate what God is taking you to in your future because out of compassion you let some people in that were never for you in the first place so sometimes God won't leave it to your heart to say no he won't leave it to your mouth to say no sometimes God will close the door on people that you would opened the door for because he knows that their motives are not truly with you if you don't get on my ark in the early phases don't try to beat my door down when the flood waters rise god's taking me somewhere god's doing something with my family get on early or don't get on at all and some of you have been praying over relationships that god kept the door closed on and god kept the door closed on it for your preservation and for your protection and you wouldn't cry about it if you saw where you were traveling to You wouldn't cry about it if you saw the future that God has in store for you and ahead of you. Do not cry over who didn't get on your boat. Do not cry on who didn't take the journey with you. Let me tell you something. You can't take everybody with you. I hate to break your heart but there's some family members that you cannot take with you. There's some high school friends that you cannot take with you. There are some relationships you cannot take with you where God has destined you to go. So have the courage and the faith to stand back and let God keep closed everything that is not designed for your purpose and for your destiny. The days of you being taken advantage of by people. I feel this thing in my spirit. I said the days of people taking advantage of your good heart. The days of people taking advantage of your generosity. The days of people taking advantage of your time. The days of people taking advantage of your life are over God said He is shutting that door so I don't get too excited preaching and make sure you you get the point if Noah could have opened the door he would have their screams from the outside would have been too much on his mind and emotions to be able to bear so because God knew Noah wasn't strong enough to keep it closed God kept it closed for him There's some doors that you haven't been able to keep shut. The wrong people keep getting in. Every time they cry and sob and knock and come and ask for more money and ask for more time and ask for more strength. Because you are tender in your heart, you keep letting those suckers in. But God is about to close the door. And the days, I'll say it again, the days of you being taken advantage of are over. Somebody shout over door number two the door oh somebody ought to praise him right there i feel that i feel that before i get to door number two i told you about the closed door but then after the flood waters subsided the same god that closed the door opened it for a new beginning for noah and his family you are approaching a new beginning in your life you're approaching a new beginning in your finances. You're approaching a new beginning in the entire landscape of what you see when you look around you. It's a supernatural work that God is doing in the midst of the ministry, almost like a spring of water springing up. It gets everything, that splashes on wet. You're getting wet with that promise. You're getting soaked in that promise. There will be a new beginning in your life. So the door was closed for preservation. It was open for new beginnings everyone just pat your heart and say new beginnings some of your hearts need new beginnings some of your minds need new beginnings you've seen the same old thing so long that you're exhausted in your thinking you're exhausted in your soul but God will restore your soul and give you new beginnings say it again new beginnings number two I like this one the door of the womb Abraham Isaac and Jacob All had one thing in common. They were the patriarchs and the forefathers of the nation that God would build through them. In other words, by them having children and grandchildren and their families multiplying, God was establishing the nation that would become Israel from their loins. That nation was important because through Israel, our Messiah, our Savior, Jesus Christ was born. So the one thing, the one contingent Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had to do on their part was they had to have babies. Lots of them problem is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all married barren women. The promise of God often grows in barren places. They all married women who could not produce sometimes. God closes doors to prevent us from birthing purposeless things. Sometimes we hadn't been able to produce what we wanted to produce Because what we wanted to produce was not in alignment with what he created us to produce And when God knows what we want to produce would not be in alignment with what he created us to produce Sometimes he will shut the door but when God's purpose Collides with your faith, there must be an opening. I'm going to say it again. That's a good note. When God's purpose—not what you wanted to produce—but when God's purpose collides with your faith, there must be an opening. Sarah, the wife of Abraham, was ninety years old before her faith collided with God's purpose. Hebrews eleven eleven says, "Through faith, Sarah herself received strength." To conceive seed when she was past childbearing age because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. It doesn't matter if you're 90 years old. When your faith collides with God's purpose, there must be an opening. All the people that think you're too late, when your faith collides with God's purpose, it doesn't matter what the natural circumstances are, there must be an opening. When your faith, I can't stop saying it, when your faith collides with God's purpose, there must be an opening. For Rebecca, Isaac's wife, it was different rebecca struggled with this closed door for years and she struggled in prayer but all of the sudden she discovered the power of a unified couple in agreement all the married couples raise your hand i want to give you this strategy i want to give you this strategy the scripture says in genesis twenty-five twenty-one that rebecca stopped praying by herself And she went to Isaac and she said, will you pray with me? In other words, the married couple that were going on their lives, praying separate things, having separate vision, having separate goals, brought their prayers into unity concerning this one thing. I want to tell every married couple, there is power when you pray as an individual, but there is multiplied power when you pray as a couple. To all the couples that are looking at closed doors, whether the closed door is in a financial realm or it's in a relational realm or it's about your children or it's about your house or it's about your business, start praying the same prayers together. Use the supernatural multiplication power of unified agreement and start Praying the same thing. If you do more praying than you did arguing, you'd have a lot more open doors to walk through. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. If the voice of your If the voice of your conversation that was reaching into the heavens had more prayer and faith in it in unity and had less arguments and division and dissension in it. If God was able to hear something from your voice other than all of the bickering and the fighting and he heard unified agreement in faith from both of you, a lot more doors would be opening than are. And incidentally, the enemy knows this. So he will tempt you to fight. He will tempt you to argue. He will tempt you to go your separate ways. He will tempt you to want to have your own spiritual life separate from your partner. But if you want to see true multiplied power, bring your spouse into it and pray the same thing. Go home today and start praying the same thing. Attack those targets in prayer. Go after it in your faith. Bring peace back. Bring stability back. Bring Generational planning back. Bring power back. Bring your spouse into the prayer. And when Isaac prayed the same prayer prayer Rebecca was praying, that door had to open. For Rachel, it was different again. For Rachel, Jacob's wife, it was the key of desperation. This relates back to the text we, we read in the beginning of the service in Luke chapter 11. Jesus said, when you go and you knock on the door and the answer is no. You went, you knocked, you prayed, you asked, and the answer was no. How many people got a no recently? Just the answer was just no. That's the answer. You tried, you applied, you put the paperwork in, you prayed, you believed, you sold, and the answer was no. Jesus said, if you keep on knocking. Oh, hear me, all of you that got to know, if you'll keep on knocking, there's something about desperation that when you make up in your mind, I will not take no for an answer. There's something about desperation that will push doors open that nothing else will push open. And Rachel got to the point. Where she wanted to have a baby so bad, she was desperate. I want to tell you there's nothing more dangerous in the spirit world than a desperate woman. God created women with an internal intercessory prayer gift. And when you take a desperate woman who is sick of what the devil's doing to her family, and doing to her life, and doing in her city, and doing in her community, a desperate woman with a passion to pray will not be denied in the heavens. That door will happen. So Rachel said to God, give me a child lest I die. It was the prayer of desperation that opened the door. But all three women, same condition, different strategies to break it, but they all had one thing in common. Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel all sang a song. Isaiah 54:1, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. In other words, when you are trapped in barrenness, God says to sing to it. When you're trapped behind a closed door, God says to sing to it. When you're trapped behind a wall and it won't move, God says to sing to it, sing until your valley becomes a beautiful garden. Sing until your challenges change and you turn into a champion. If you've got something that won't move, engage the power of singing to that thing. And Some of you are more powerful than you realize, but you hadn't been using your weapons. I want to tell you there's a weapon in your song. There's power in your voice. There's something that happens to you on the Spirit when you lift up your voice and you begin to sing. If you're dealing with barrenness in any area, Sing to the thing. Push two people and say, sing to the thing. Come on, two of them, sing to the thing. You just got to sing to the thing till it opens. Number three, did you notice that? Did you notice in number two, the Lord shut the womb to prevent the birth of the purposeless, but then he opened their womb. There was a shut door. There was a open door. Number three, the door of deliverance. The Red Sea was shut when Israel got to it, then God opened it, but then God shut it again. God opened a supernatural passageway for his people, but their enemies tried to follow them through the door. God opened. So will yours. your past will stalk you and try to follow you through new opportunities you're pursuing in God that's why it's important not only that you serve a God who has the power to open doors but you serve a God that has the power to shut them back again so Israel goes through the open door the enemy tries to follow and the God that opened the Red Sea shut it again some of you are pursuing new opportunities but there's some stuff on your credit that's trying to chase you through the door some of you are pursuing new relationship but there's some old sour ones trying to chase you through the door trying to manifest in your new relationship like they did in the old there's some generational curses stuff your mama and daddy and grandparents dealt with that's trying to chase you through the door of this new opportunity but God said to tell you Christian world not only is he opening the door for you but he's closing the door only the past that would try to chase you and haunt you in your new level of opportunity god is shutting the door if you got something you need him to close the door on throw up your hands and shout shut the door no i need to hear a shout i need just 25 people with faith to look at all the stuff that's been trying to haunt you throw your hands up throw your head back and shout shut the door when God shut the door Moses stood out on the banks of the Red Sea and he told the Israelites something comforting that I want to share with you today nothing I'm saying today is prophetic from the gift that I have everything I'm saying prophetic today is right off the page of the text God said to tell you what Moses told the people when they saw their past enemies drowning in the Red Sea God says the enemies you have seen today you will see them no more forever and I came to tell you Christian world there's some stuff that you have dealt with in the past That you will never see again. There's some patterns and cycles that you have dealt with in the past that you will never see again There's some stuff that you have dealt with in past relationships. You will never see that mess again in new relationship There's some stuff you dealt with on your last job that you will never see again on your current job Never again cuz he's shutting Ooh, I feel it. Do you feel it? It's just rolling all over me. I feel it. Do you feel it? I feel him shutting the Number four I'm almost done the door of the veil. Ooh, Yeah the door of the veil in the Old Testament tabernacle the glory of God was enclosed by a thick curtain that was soundproof You couldn't hear what God was doing behind it, and it was light proof. You couldn't see what God was doing behind it. The door was shut 364 days a year. Only on one day, the Day of Atonement, could one priest come for one day with one offering. Very limited access. We have all the power we see in the Old Testament with very limited access to God. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, while he was dying on Mount Calvary in one location, something supernatural was happening in the tabernacle, the temple in another location. Matthew 27, 51 says that while Jesus was dying, that the veil, the curtain was torn from the top all the way to the bottom. In other words, God was opening the door of access into his presence, and this prophetically fulfilled the psalm, which says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise you have an open door of access to your God. Paul said we can boldly come before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Why can we come boldly? Because the door has been open. You have a door of access to God in prayer. Use it. You have a door of access to God in praise. Use it. You're not using your access portals. You're not using all of the things that's been made available. You drag the presence of God out of heaven to your environment when you lift up your voice and clap your hands and raise your hands and shout and praise praise pulls god where you are you access heaven's ears heaven's power when you bow your knee to pray you have the access the door that was closed has been opened somebody say thank you jesus door number five a door in the valley i feel it the door in the valley Hosea chapter 2, verse 15. The prophet writes, Out of the valley of Achor, a door of hope. Look at that on the screen. The valley of Achor, a door of hope. Say it. The valley of Achor, a door of hope. And look what he says. I will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. The word Achor there in the hebrew and in the old testament was known as a valley of confusion chaos and anxiety please notice what he's saying he's not saying i feel this so heavy he's not saying in the midst of your valley of confusion chaos and anxiety in the midst of that i'm going to add a door of hope so that you have the anxiety and you have the hope no He said, I'm going to make the valley of Acor, I'm going to make the depression. I'm going to make the anxiety. I'm going to make the confusion into a door. In other words, the thing you've been depressed about, God's about to use that thing as a door. The things you've been worried and had anxiety about, God's about to use that thing as a door. This is how God turns beauty into ashes. He never adds beauty to ashes, so you have the beauty and the ashes. He turns the beauty into ashes. He gives you the oil, the anointing, the fragrance of joy for the spirit of mourning and the spirit of weeping. He never gives you both. He turns one into the other. God is about to take depression, anxiety, and hopelessness and turn it into an open door. Depression and anxiety… Listen to me, those of you that have fought battles in your, in your mind with your mental health. Depression and anxiety fester in an environment where there's hopelessness. Okay. When you can't see a way out, when you can't see how it can get better, when you can't see how it can change, when you have a problem that's just sitting on you that will not move, that will not shift, and you feel stuck, like you can't move this way or you can't move that way. When you feel optionless, that's when depression and anxiety sit on you heavily. And some of you may feel like that in your home life. It's not that you're with a bad person or anything. It's just the dynamics of the home life. You never get a break. There's never a release. It's just the same pattern every single day, and you feel exhausted on the inside, and when you are exhausted and depleted, it's like you're pressed down. That's what depression is. Something on the outside or the inside. Pressing you down. Pressing your joy down. Pressing your peace down. Pressing your tendency to dream and think good thoughts. Pressing that all the way down. But God said, out of that valley in your life, I'm going to do a remodel. And I'm going to turn those places in you into an open door. I speak over your mind and your mental health. I speak over your emotions. I speak over depression conditions and anxiety conditions. I speak over hopelessness. God is turning that thing into an open door. Lift up your hands and glorify his name for that. In the name of Jesus Christ. a door of hope a door of hope look at somebody say a door of hope is coming number six and now we're to our text number six the door of an unwilling neighbor this one's so good i'm gonna save it for next week stand for feet give the lord a friend Oh God the door of an unwilling neighbor when Jesus cracks this open the headline is the preview is that God will make people open doors for you that they don't want to I don't know who that's for but you better take it heaven gave that to me for somebody that God will make people in high places, people that have what you need, people that are holding the keys to the next step, people that signature you're waiting on, that God will make people open doors for you that they don't even want to open. Oh, whoever that's for, you ought to start praising Jesus. I said his words powerful, whoever that's for, you ought to start praising Jesus, I said his words powerful, whoever that's for, you ought to start praying, take 20 seconds and give him praise in the house, God's going to make people open doors for you that they didn't even want to get up and open. last few minutes of this service the door of an unwilling neighbor one day jesus was praying in a certain place luke 11 verse 1 when he finished one of his disciples said to him lord teach us to pray just as john taught his disciples first of all let me crack this and tell you these disciples knew the word they weren't heathens they were following jesus but they noticed that Jesus was doing something that was giving him more power than everybody else. I want to tell you there's a lot of believers of Jesus in this room. There's some disciples, disciplined followers of Jesus in this room, but I'm telling you I have a sense and I can prophetically authorize this statement. You're not praying like you ought to be. You're not putting the time in. There's a missing ingredient and because of your lack of prayer, there is a lack of power and the disciples though they were saved and though they knew the word and though they walked in a measure of power as believers, they noticed that Jesus was doing something extra. And I came to tell you it's time to get extra. It's time to put a little something extra on it. We've been fighting the devil going round and round long enough. It's time for you to get some advanced techniques. It's time for you to get a secret edge. It's time for you to get a performance-enhancing drug called prayer and so the disciples go to Jesus and they say "Uh, we want to know what you're doing we want to know what you're praying and at that time Jesus taught them the model prayer you all know it our father in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven forgive us our sins as we forgive those that have sinned against us lead us not into temptation deliver us from evil thine's the kingdom the power and the glory amen revealing a model of approaching the father in prayer and asking him for what you want You want forgiveness? Ask for it. You want daily bread? Ask for it. You want leading and guiding? Ask for it. But it's not coming if you don't ask for it. You can go through your life as a Christian and you can go through your life as a disciple and not have everything that God has made available because you never had the knowledge or the faith to get on your knees and ask God for it. So many people wonder, why is God not doing this, that, and the other in my life? And the answer is simply this. You are not asking for it. Or if you are asking, you're not asking with any consistency, with any boldness, with any desperation, with any stick-to-itiveness. You're not asking perpetually. And so to illustrate the power of prayer... The power of going to God and asking, Jesus gives a practical principle. Now when Jesus gives parables, pause, rabbit trail, okay? (laughs) Jesus is the Word made flesh, and the Bible said God is not a man that he can lie. I can tell you examples or parables. I could get up here and say, you know, one day there was a farmer and and he went out to his Well, one day there wasn't a farmer. I'm using that as an example. I can do that because I'm a man. God is not a man. He cannot lie. Every parable Jesus ever told really happened. Let that shake up your Bible study every parable the parable of the prodigal really happened there really was a wayward son that left to a far country but then came back to himself and went back to the father there really was 10 virgins 10 wise and 10 foolish there really was the woman with the lost coin it really happened because he cannot lie he didn't have the ability in fact that theological tendency is so strong that even if the story hadn't happened when Jesus told the parable, when he said it, it would have had to have happened the way he said it. Woo, that's free. So, oh, I don't know if you understood what I just said. But anyway. The word. That's power. We oh, feel it all over here. That's power in the word. So, so Jesus launches into a parable to illustrate the power of asking God. Whether the parable had happened or was about to is inconsequential. It really happened. He said, verse five: Suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight in other words your request is out of time in other words the time wasn't right for you to get what you were asking for you didn't spend enough time in school to get the raise you were asking for you didn't spend enough time on the job to get the position you were asking for your request was out of time i don't know if i can get through this in my time that i have left (laughs) so you go to a friend at midnight out of time i just want to tell all the people you're right on time even if you're out of time even if it doesn't make sense Even if the world says you're too young, or you're too old, or you're not educated enough, or you don't have the seniority, or you ain't been here long enough. When you go to God in prayer, God puts out of time people right on time. He said, suppose you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Next verse. A friend of mine is on a journey. And they've come to me and i have no food to offer them the friend that's on the journey represents new relationships that are taking stagnant people into flowing places Why? Because the friend had been on a journey, and the journey is continuing. The anointing of journey is about to visit your house. Not staying in the same place, not being stuck and stagnant. The anointing of actually going somewhere, doing something with your life, doing something with your education, doing something with that business. You are about to go on. Somebody shout journey! notice notice it wasn't that he got up and made the decision and pulled himself up by the bootstraps and did all this groundwork to go on a journey no the one who was journeying visited him god's about to send you a friend to help you visit mindsets you've never had God's about to send you a mentor an usher somebody who's already been where you're trying to go that's going to help you go where you've never been God's about to send your business a partner God's about to send your mind a counselor God's about to send you somebody in your life to help you go to the next level but when the visitor comes he's obviously very important to the man But the man does not have in his own house the resources to feed the journey that's coming. Let me preach this word. I said the man doesn't have in his cupboard the resources he needs to fill and to feed what God was sending to him, but he had the faith to go to an unwilling neighbor. God's about to give somebody the faith to go to an unwilling bank because the resources you have right now aren't enough to feed the business that God has planted in you. So God's going to give you the faith to go to an unwilling lender, to an unwilling financer, to an unwilling investor and have the co- who am I talking to where are you at and have the courage to knock on the door. So he went. I know I'm out of time. I know I'm not in the right moment. I know it's midnight. I know I'm not positioned right. But I have the faith that God wouldn't have sent this journey to me if He wasn't gonna finance the thing. Because we're God guides, I know he will provide. So I'm going to have the faith. I don't care if they reject me. I don't care if they slam the door in my face. I'm not worried about being embarrassed. I'm desperate enough to position myself for a miracle. So I'm going to go stand in front of the door of an unwilling neighbor. I'm going to go stand in front of the door of the one who has inside what I need. I'm going to go stand in front of on the door and you would think with all that faith that the door would just but instead The man who was going on a journey. The man who God sent a mentor to him. The man that had the faith to go at midnight even though he was out of time. The man who had all that faith goes and knocks. He puts the faith in action. And an answer comes from behind the locked door. Don't bother me. Oftentimes, Those are the words miracles begin with. You applied for the house. And the word that came back behind the closed door was, don't bother me. You ain't ready. You're out of time. You don't have what you need. It's not your moment. Don't bother me. He kept on knocking. So the next sentence, the neighbor told him, The door is already locked. In other words, the next thing you'll hear right before miracles is, it's already over. There's no chance. It's impossible for you to get what you're seeking for. If you've heard the words impossible, you are one step closer to receiving a miracle opening from God. The third thing he does, oh the enemy loves this last one, the third thing the neighbor does is he tries to shame the man for asking. Yes. 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 Who do you think you are having the boldness to ask me that? It's already late, my children are in bed, I can't get up and open the door. I'll. How dare you have the audacity with your credit to come in here and waste my time and ask for that. How dare you have the audacity, knowing how busy I am, to come in here and ask for that. The enemy will try to shame you out of faith. (laughs) Last thing he does, number four, I can't do it. I can't get up and give you anything. But the neighbor had the courage and the faith to keep on knocking through four no's. How many no's did you get? Keep on knocking. How many impossibles did you get? Keep on knocking. How many I can't do it did you get? on it. how many times did the enemy try to shame you out of faith make you feel unworthy for even asking you know what phrase i want to kill in your mind real quick let me kill it i have a strong anointed to do it let me kill this phrase i hate to ask I love to ask, I love to ask, I meant to ask, in fact I came over here to ask, in fact it's my time to ask, in fact if I ask the door will be open for my love to ask. Verse eight, Jesus said, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, who's got it? Shameless audacity. Who's got it? I'm looking for who's going to give the next testimony, who's got it? Shameless audacity, who's got it? Shameless audacity that you believe God can get you out of debt this year, shameless audacity that you believe God can open up doors in your business, shameless audacity that God can make you your boss's boss, shameless audacity. Jesus said, because of your shameless audacity, folks, it would be one thing if Jason Sides, PJS, was up here preaching and just giving you a word I felt in my spirit, but I'm reading your Bible. I mean, these are the things Jesus said. Can you get this? Can you grasp this? Can this settle in you? Because of your shameless audacity to ask. He will surely, now, surely indicates there may be a little time. And see, a lot of our faith runs out with the sands and the hourglass. Jesus didn't say how long the man would have to stand there. He's already said no four times, but he did say surely. In other words, if you have the shameless audacity to knock through every no, did you hear what I said? I said, keep knocking through every no. Keep knocking through all the nothing days when nothing's happening. Keep knocking through every closure. If you have the shameless audacity to keep knocking, he will surely get up. This is a word for you, and give you as much. Stand your feet, lift up your hands, and say, "As much as I need, as much as I need." say it and think about what it would take as much as i need as much opportunity as i need as much love as i need as much peace as i need as much laughter as i need in my life as many friendships as i need in my life as many god connections as i need in my as much Open up your mouth and give the Lord praise and thanks in the house. Did I give you all seven? No, I didn't. Number seven, your open door. Everybody say my open door. Revelations 3.8, I told you I was going to take you from Genesis to Revelation, show you closed doors and open doors. He says, see, I have placed before you, There's, watch the opening and watch the shut. I've placed before you an open door, watch, that no one can shut. I speak this over your life from the back row in the balcony to the front row on the side folks we're in the midst of a word that God's been whispering to us and we've been shouting what he's been saying and I speak it over your life that there's an open door I speak it over your family that there's an open door I speak it over your housing situation that there's an open door I speak it over your business that there's an open door I speak it over your finances there is an open door that god has set before you an opening lift up both your hands and say i receive an opening now encourage your neighbor hug your neighbor say i receive an opening for you too for you too tell them something's about to open tell them something's about to open Let's sing together. The heavens are telling, telling the earth how great You are. You know it. Sing, lift up your voice. We are responding to Your love. The oceans are rising, rising and falling at Your will. God, we are responding to your love. My God, how great you are. How great, how great you are. Come on, I need Christian World to sing it with me. Say, my God, how great. First, verse, heavens are telling, yes, they are. The heavens telling the earth how great you are. We are responding to your love. Oceans rise, Rising and falling at your word. God, we are responding to your love. My God, how? If I preach something today that stirs you and you know you need to plant a sacrificial seed. Get it in your hand and bring it to the basket right now as you're singing and worshiping. You are. Oh, we say, my God, how great! You are. Open doors for your sister. Open doors. hi, how great you are! increase down here at this altar there's something stirring down here at this altar if it's time to sow and you know it get down here how great, how great.